right, so question to start us off, kind of easy. When people ask you, where are you from, how do you respond to that question? Bro, honestly, I just say I'm from L.A. because that's where <laughs> I'm from. Um, but, like, where are you from from? Like, where are you actually bro, from? So, when I get that question, I'm just so dumbfounded. I, like, we're in the same boat. You know how hard it is for me. Like, right. did you even move around a lot as a kid, too? I mean, it was it was really just between back home in the Philippines uh-huh. and in L.A. Okay. That's, that's literally the only two places I've been to. And so, being in L.A., we have we have a lot of Asians over there, a lot of Filipinos. So no one really asking me that question. A lot mm-hmm. of uh, minorities living in LA. Yeah. Um, but when I came out here to yeah, I was like, you're in Tennessee now, man. Yeah, you're bro. In- <laughs> out here in the South, bro. Right. It was such a wild move, mm-hmm. and I didn't get that question <laughs> until I moved here. So when I first had, it, I was like, you're like, what do you mean? Where who? Where am I from, bro? I'm, I'm from, from LA. LA. What? Like I'm, I'm Filipino. Everybody knows, man. Yeah, exactly. But. Yeah, when they respond, be like, oh, I know, like, where are you really from? I'm just like, oh, I'm from the Philippines. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh, okay, cool. And then they try to relate. And so, I I don't know. like, No, it's hard because it's like, all right, so everybody's born, like, their own region or whatever. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But you don't really get to experience another culture until you run into it for the first time. For example, here, I met Filipinos for the first time in my life. Yeah. Like I never encountered, or maybe I did, but like I wasn't aware that they were Filipino mm-hmm. until I came here and I met people from LA and I was just like, that's so crazy to me. Like, what is Filipino culture like, you know? Dude, it's it's uh it's crazy, bro. Our culture is wild. There's a lot of history behind it. Mm-hmm. So what's like your favorite part? Favorite like, part? First thing, like, all right, actually this. When you say I'm Filipino, what is every other Filipino gonna immediately identify you with? What? <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense? Um like, describe Filipino culture, but, like, in a way where every Filipino who's listening is going to be like, yep, he's Filipino. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Except so, to get your card removed. F- Filipino... <laughs> I mean, um, Fil- Filipino culture is a culture that is very... Um, we're very servant-friendly. Like, stewardship. Mm. Uh, we really like to have... Not necessarily like to have people over, but we do like to, you know, take care of people, feed people, um, you know have a good time show them a good time uh basically not be rude no that hospitality right it's all about hospitality thank you that's yeah, what no I'm i know for. what you're saying man like <laughs> even in jamaica it's the same exact thing right like, right the tourism industry is flourishing there because you know everybody wants to come in vacation but mm-hmm. it's either you're the friendliest people that you'll meet or you'll have the worst experience if you ever try to disrespect the jamaican person right right and i feel like we're, we're kind of similar in yeah. that in that aspect as well i mean that just goes to show like the stark difference between when you're in your own individual culture and mm-hmm. then you're in america right. which is just the mashup and blend of so many different areas right and it like depending on where you are in the u.s is like you get a different experience mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to explain it it's just really weird now that i'm here on the east coast versus the west yes yeah. you know so well speaking of that i grew up mostly on the east coast so tell me about like west coast lifestyle like what specific things have influenced you? Well, I'm more curious about what do you, what do you think is a stereotype being me from LA? <laughs> you don't want to hear me say that. No, I, I do, I do. I'm curious because I want to see if I fulfilled like some of those stereotypes okay. that you kind of have about people from LA. Well, first, it's like everybody who is in the West or in California makes trips all the time to the beach. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. So, when when it comes to that, I started doing that a lot more. Um, 
when I was in high school. Okay. Actually, no, not really. When I came back from my first year of college, that's when I started doing it more because I really missed having that beach. Mm-hmm. And especially just like, okay, so I, I for, for sure would, if you have this thought, be like, oh, they're surfer kids. Yeah, I, I did surf before. So yeah. <laughs> I would go to the beach a lot. He said I did all the stereotypical things, man. I mean, I guess. <laughs> There's there, but yeah, I I would go to the beach a lot, especially just I don't know, it's just super relaxing to me. I feel like I'm at home when I'm at the beach cuz the beach reminds me a lot of back home in the Philippines yeah. cuz in the Philippines um I mean, as poor as we are, like having the coast literally right next to you is just so amazing. It's just like we look dirt poor, like we we are. We're dirt poor over there, but to me, it's paradise. Yeah, it's an escape from reality. Whenever I just something about li- like that untouched area of yeah just natural beauty. Exactly, yeah. and it's just I just feel so at home when I'm there. Okay, other LA stereotypes that I have. <laughs> All these people from California are gonna get onto me, dude. I, dude, I'll, don't worry, California people, <laughs> don't get on Bradley. This dude only. Bro, been- I've only been to the East Coast, man. Exactly. I'm trying to get cold. the farthest west I've gone is Texas. Okay, and that was like two bad. years ago. That's not too bad. Like in and out for the first time. My gosh. In and out there is hits different yeah. from in and no, out I, I in LA. No, I feel that. Like I tried it and I was like, this is going to be a different experience depending on which one I go to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of like food, like food trucks, are they a major thing in LA? They're a very like, That's like my big dream. Dream to just to sample like, so many different samples. types of food trucks. Okay, bro. so dude, food trucks is a very huge thing and it's been growing a lot. Yeah, I think mainly it's not necessarily food trucks. I feel like food trucks is an industry that is becoming mainstream. Not necessarily like mainstream things are bad. And I feel I just feel like it started a lot from you know minorities just having businesses on the street, and we didn't have those food yeah. trucks. We literally would have a cart, and then people just go up and buy it. Whatever yeah, you like want. You don't have the luxury to rent out that entire space just to hire for restaurants, right? Like, I got a little cart with like, you know, a little oven in it. I'm just going to walk it down the street. Yeah, legit. Yeah. Like a lot of people. So the, you know how, okay, I don't know if you know, but like across the nation, every state, I guess, has their own specific style hot dog or yeah. whatever. And so LA is known for their LA street dog. Not necessarily the Dodger dog, because that's a different, do- mm-hmm. the Dodger dog is something you only get at the Dodger Stadium. But the LA street dog is literally... Some random person on some random square <laughs> cart just goes around LA and then they're literally cooking hot dogs, bacon, and vegetables on top of this weird looking cart. Yeah. And it's a the hot most dog. Sketchy wrap- thing ever. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> like You said and that thing bangs, bro. No, it does, <laughs> yo. It's so good. Okay, I'm like, okay, I'm Yeah, a, we're, we're getting a little off topic. I'm it's an Adventist, but yo, I had to do it. It's bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Okay. So, I guess getting back into it a little bit more. So, you spent most of the time, I assume, growing up here in America, in LA. Mm-hmm. Are you initially from the Philippines? So, I, I was actually born here. Okay. In California, in LA. Yeah. But I spent a lot of my time out in the Philippines. Okay. But I didn't do my school over it. I did all my schooling here. Right. So, it's like, you know, I do schooling here but then i spent like my vacation time over in the philippines i get to immerse myself in that culture yeah growing up uh, a lot of my times in elementary school every single like christmas break or like summer break we'd be going over to the philippines and it was just to be honest like there was a time in elementary i guess like when i was getting older like around like fourth fifth grade or like sixth grade i think 
I just started getting annoyed by it, to be honest. Mm. I was like, why the heck do we have to go? It's like, why do we have to go see family all the time over here? It's like, why do we have to fly 14 hours <laughs> with no internet? Yep. No electricity. During monsoon season. <laughs> During monsoon season, there's going to be a random cow in yep. our yard. Like, why do I have to be here when I can just be chilling at home, playing my video games and whatnot? I was very ungrateful about it. Yeah. And I'm very, like, today, I'm very thankful that I had those opportunities that my parents were so willing to let me actually go home to the Philippines because I actually call the Philippines where where I grew up over there I actually call that place home versus LA like LA is like my home that's where like I live but where I actually call home is back home in the Philippines I hear that how has your experiences in the Philippines influenced your American lifestyle here to be honest like I just feel like I'm so immersed in my own culture, which I'm very thankful for, that I don't really look at American culture, even though I grew up here in America. I don't, okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Can you elaborate on a little bit? Like, when I see American culture, I think, like, American dream. That's, like, the first thing I yeah. think of, where it's just like, oh, you want to be successful, get a house, yada, yada, yada. Um I don't know. I feel like I'm against some like racial subject kind no, of bro, stuff. Bro, it's open conversation, man. Okay, so yeah. if it's if it's like that, all right. So, <laughs> um, I feel like it's very white America mm-hmm. kind of thing, where when when I see American culture and specifically white Americans, it's just like you want to go to school, you want to get out of high school as fast as you can, and then just leave your parents. Yeah, and you want to party it up in college get your career at 25, have your wife and kids, and then put them in a nursing home, and that's it. Yeah, and to me, that was like... That's like the most disrespectful thing you can do. Right, I thought it was so disrespectful, and it was just so mind-boggling to me. Because I see a lot of... I mean, yeah, I have white friends and everything, but... And I have, like, you know, just thinking about every other culture and how I've, like, gone to my friend's house and see how they interact with their parents. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie, bro. Like, my white friends don't treat their parents the best, and I actually feel bad. But yeah. and not to say like that's for every single group of people, you right? Know? But like you have varying life experiences, varying mm-hmm. like relationships with your folks, right? Right. Yeah. Like there's point in my time, like if you had met me during like my younger years, you'd have probably been like, "This kid's so disrespectful to his yeah, mom." Exactly. Yeah. And th- that that was me growing up mm-hmm. a lot. Because and of course we got it beat out of us, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I'm so happy that I'm not like Corporal that. Corporal punishment is a wonderful tool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um. But yeah, like. Every time I talk about it, I always think about how I kind of grew up where I was disrespectful to my parents, too. Yeah. And part of me, like, not saying I'm going to blame the culture, but it was just like there was a part of me that just didn't want to be Filipino because I was just like, dude, I want to be American. Like, yeah. What the heck do I got to do all of these? All the Americans are successful. They have their money. Like, mm-hmm. y'all said we're coming here for the American dream, but so yeah. far, this has been a nightmare. Right. We're poor. We're worse off than we would have been back in the Philippines or in Jamaica, in my case. And it's yeah. like, what is there to gain by being here? Right. And it was just like, people will always make fun about my food like, and oh stuff, my god, Don't even get started. Bro, like, I was about to throw hands with somebody, bro. Bro, let's rant for a little bit. Like, every time you bring something <laughs> ethnic to school, everyone's like, ew. It's like, it's just seasoning. Yeah, bro. I'm just like, yo, chill out, bro. Don't tell me you don't eat that top ramen, okay? <laughs> That's what I'm, oh my, that plastic in the microwave, dude. Yeah, bro, like, 
like, come on, come, come on. on. I was like, come it's on. just onions, relax. And it's like, you don't have to eat it. I'm the one. Yeah, I'm the one eating. You know, I won't even talk in your direction. You have to smell it on my breath. Just, right. I mean, we have masks now for that, so. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> have mercy. No, but, oh yeah, like, another thing, if you didn't know, um, something, like, when we came and, like, started living in LA and whatever, it wasn't just my family living in that house. It was actually four of us living in a single house. So four different families living in a single house that was probably as big as, like, the, I don't know, like, two of the villages combined. Yeah. In L.A. It was really small. And it was, like, living with my relatives and everything. It was super fun just hanging out with them, even though I was ungrateful at the time. But, the like, as older as I got, the more I got became thankful yeah, about how I grew up. As you diversify, like, the people that you get to interact with in the world, you realize that you had it not so bad. Yeah, exactly. Like, I may have been right. poor in terms of, like, finances and stuff like that, but in terms of, like, the quality of experiences that I have mm-hmm. from my culture, mm-hmm. I can interact with people on a much, much deeper level. Right. Like, again, not to pick on, like, white people, but I think just stereotypically there's a there's a level of just not experiencing the rest of the world mm-hmm. that isn't afforded to everybody. Right. Like, in my situation... I'm able to meet people who are Filipino, Latino, mm-hmm. um, heck, even people from Europe and be able to interact with them on a deep level about right. what I've experienced, what I've learned. And somebody from Tennessee may just come up to me and be like, well, you're just black. And I'm like, well, no. what gives that away? You know, yeah, is, it, yeah. is it my name Bradley? It's a white sounding name. Right. But you wouldn't know that I'm Jamaican, that I have a history of mm-hmm speaking multiple languages, traveling different mm-hmm. countries and stuff like that. Like we're deeper, like there's yeah. more to us. It's than not just skin color, outside. exactly. Right. Like culture is such a specific aspect of life that's adapted depending on how you grow up and how you want to change your own like perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so like a lot, you know, like with all this, like, I don't know if we we're able to talk about like BLM and yeah, stuff. Ahead. So like when all this stuff happened, I mean, it was just... When, when Black Lives Matter first started a few years ago, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, this is so weird. And because and that was because I was like, why is it only Black Lives? Yeah. That that's where my that disconnect was. Can I can me. I speak on that too? Yeah, go ahead. Like, go ahead. This a, is your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm hosting you, man. It's only right to let you let us both speak. Right, right. Like, even in the whole notion of Black Lives Matter, there's so many different groups and Mm-hmm. segments within that so right. you're saying black lives matter it's like are we talking about all black people mm-hmm. are we talking about black trans people are we talking about black people who are mixed are we talking about black people from africa from right. the dominican republic who mm-hmm. are part haitian are we mm-hmm. talking about people in central america like what mm-hmm. black are we talking about i right. may identify as black but my cultural heritage and ethnicity will always be based in jamaica right so it's not just as simple as saying well Black Lives Matter, it's like, are you really acknowledging me? And like, sometimes a- acknowledging the, all the individuals yeah. within that, right? Yeah. Right. And it's hard as a black person to really get behind that because you're like, what message exactly am I endorsing in this? Mm. And I mean, I know other people of different races assume the same thing. Like, yeah, black, all, <laughs> not that statement. Yes, <laughs> black lives matter. <laughs> right, 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 right. But how do, why would I want to be behind that? Like, what about the black people who are murdering people? What about the black right. lives that are in certain situations that are unfavorable in the mm-hmm. general public? Mm-hmm. You know, and right. as a, a as a Filipino person, you're like looking at this like, yeah, black lives matter. But what about Asians? What about 
Latinos? What about yeah, yeah, yeah. white people? You know? Yes, that's so. That's what I thought about it at first when this whole thing first yeah. came about, and so I was just like, I mean, it when it first started, I forgot what actual case started it at first. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sad. It it's been like a multiple a multitude of things, but like. Yeah. It kind of broke over with the George Floyd shit. Right. And so, like, when it first started, there were just so many... In, in the first place, like, I just think it's super sad. The fact that we're just constantly seeing different Black people yeah. on the news because someone's dead or something happened, you know, right. something so tragic. I think that, one, that's super sad. And it's it shouldn't painful be like because, like, it's being plastered up even on social media now. Like, at first, you can go on social media to escape from the news. Right. But now you're on Instagram and mm-hmm. everyone's talking about it. Right. And you just get so desensitized. Mm-hmm. And, like, when, when the George Floyd thing happened. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh. dude! Like, like it's live. It's Like, you it's can witness live. another person get murdered. Right. And I just thought, like... How, how, like when is it actually gonna be enough for yeah. because to me when it comes to black lives matter i for me it's the first thing i always think of nowadays is how there needs to i personally feel like there needs to be some form of like police reform yeah um because like you know being in la i grew up in the ghettos of la and we grew up being protected by black people like, I had family members that were part of the gangs and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, we had black people on our street. We'd hang out with them. And so I always grew up with black culture, you know. And so when it first happened, I was just like, okay, that's weird. But then when the George Floyd thing happened, and then that's when my whole perspective changed. Like, wow, there really needs to be a change for our black brothers and sisters here in America. Yeah. Because I understand the whole thing about people saying, like, okay, yeah, all lives matter. Like, I'm mm-hmm. Like, my white life matters. My Asian life matters. Like, we all matter. I get it. But how my, that perspective has changed for me is how is it that we can say all lives matter if we can't even take care of our own black brothers and sisters Mercy. here in America? Yeah. And then that's where I'm just like, this isn't like enough is enough. Black lives for sure definitely matter. Mm-hmm. And so. And I know we were talking about this earlier today about David. So he had put out a, I think it was like a mini podcaster like vlog about how the Asian community was affected during Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter. Yeah, it was Yeah, like a lot of crazy. people were feeling resentment because it's like, I'm not sure about prosecution or any things going on in the Asian community, mm-hmm. but I know that there are certain things where it's like, even Black people will make racist comments about, oh, I'm this or that, and, you know, some stereotype and, you know, yeah. it's offensive. Yes. And they're like, why do you want me to stand up for somebody who's doing such a heinous thing like that? And right. David's whole point was like, it is not the time to discuss that yeah and i i agree with that yeah, like time and place is his whole mo mm-hmm. on that situation mm-hmm. like yes we know that there are people of all races and all colors being assassinated or being injusticed against all over the world right that's just the nature of sin in our right, right in our right. earth mm-hmm. but at this exact moment there's an emphasis on the problems in this specific community mm-hmm. and as fellow human beings as fellow people of color it's our duty to stand up for them and exactly. fight for their justice. Right, exactly. And so, like, yeah, it was crazy because when the whole LA riot stuff was happening, yeah. I just felt like you were. Were you there? Because uh, I know COVID sent everybody back home. Well, oh, I was talking about the LA riots with Rodney King. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was there at the at the at the protest though when yeah. they first started up in LA. I was there on day one. Um, but to first touch on the Rodney King mm-hmm. situation, that was. 
that was really wild because I was actually talking to my parents about it when the whole George Floyd thing was happening out in LA. Um, I was kind of asking my parents like, what was their take when they were here working in LA? Yeah. And they were really scared, really scared about what was happening because it was just like, what the heck happened? Like the police really just did that to somebody that would like, like just, they're putting themselves in Rodney King's situation because they didn't because on it, my parents were saying that they didn't really feel protected by the police. Yeah, I think a lot of us just generally feel that unease even before I think everything became so politicized. Right, right, and I, I think there's just such a huge emphasis on it yeah. today, and with the whole Rodney King situation. It was really bad because K-Town got destroyed, mm. bro. Like, it was wild. There was huge rioting and looting. It wasn't even protests. It was literally riot and looting. Yeah. According to my parents. Like, things were getting burned down. And then, you know, like, the, the rooftop Koreans, bro, having a shootout. It was crazy, dude. And so I felt like with that, it kind of... It kind of... Not necessarily... Uh, kind of, like, severed the the kind of like the relationship with Asians and blacks because this whole situation just got out of hand where we're basically physically fighting each other on our own turf. Right. And then my parents were saying still at the same time, like they were looking at black culture as a whole to them. They were the ones that were protecting us while we were at home too. And so we need to be able to stand up for them too. So my parents already understood that. And Mm -hmm. so at an early age, my parents really wanted to teach me about respect for other people, which I'm very thankful for. And then, so coming at it today, seeing the whole George Floyd thing happening, and then me going out to protest, like, it was it was wild for my parents to see that I actually wanted to go out to there. Yeah. Because, you know, nowadays, like, it's very dangerous. And, like, almost anybody has access to weapons exactly. nowadays, which even, is crazy. Even if you're just there and you get happen to catch on camera, they can come find you and prosecute you later. Exactly. It's, it's just wild. But my parents, like, they were, like, as much as they didn't want to say it out loud, just by their actions and the way they, they were, they would talk about it with me. Like, they, they knew that I cared a lot about the whole situation. Like, I, they were very proud of the fact that I was, I'm able to stand up for something that I truly believe in, even though it's not something that directly affects me as a whole. Yeah. Because when I was voicing it to them, I was like, why the heck are you going to cry for like Kobe Bryant and then not want to be able to speak up on this situation when you were the ones telling me like before, like we need to be able to respect other people. Facts. And like stand up for our own, like people that we take care of. We got to be able to stand up for them. And being Filipino you know, we're supposed to be able to take care of people that we know. So it's like, why couldn't I do that? And my parents were questioning, or no, I was questioning my parents that when they're teaching me all these different things. And, yeah. You know, it's like, where in, does our hospitality really end, you know? Right, like, right. Where do our Filipino values end off when it comes to things that are dangerous or things that we're fearful of? Mm-hmm. Do we sacrifice our culture for, I guess, that sort of state of being of like inaction? Right. And so yeah. I, I was like, just I think just vo- having that open conversation with my parents and kind of reminding them of how they felt back in 92 with the Rodney King situation, mm-hmm. it, it really put them into perspective of what's happening today. And I feel like if I didn't have that conversation really with my parents, they, they wouldn't really understand this whole Black Lives Matter yeah. um, ordeal that's going on. So I, I think it's just crazy. I feel like for us 
as a this as people of uh, color, we should really be able to speak to our parents openly on the situation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like a- Asian people, like as racist as we are, bro. I'm pretty sure, like we're we're the racist. Stop. People, most racist people. We but we racist in our own language, so you won't know that we're racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a minority thing to just talk smack about that's true, people that's in true. your own little thing, bro. That, Even in Patswell, we're just. That's true. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we should be able to stand up for each other. That, that's yeah. my whole thing. It's like, yeah, we know that people are stereotyped in different aspects and we may not agree with it, but it's like, right. come on now. Right, right. We're right. all humans at the end of the day. We got to put that pride aside, even mm-hmm. if it's a white person getting injustice in the streets. Right. Stand up for them, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because, I mean, yeah, like we're saying, we're all human. And, like, this will go into a little bit religious, but it's just like, like, we're all called to be. You know, us as Christians, right? Yeah. We're, we're all called, in my opinion, we're all called to be disciples. And, you know, discipleship is all about humility and being servant type leadership kind of things. Mm-hmm. So along with that, like, we we should be, I don't know how, how to put it. I don't know how to Come on, pastor, you got it. I ain't no pastor, bro. <laughs> bro, if I was a pastor, I would be the most, like, zero filter. What do you, what do you mean? Like, oh, I okay. Well, in, ooh, actually, get into it. Hold on, we okay. might evolve the conversation right now because we could talk about church culture. Oh, dude, I'm so down. Yeah. you know, it, bro, let, hit it. Let me get it on my chest. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Uh, I wish there was a camera. You could, you would see what I'm doing. We're doing the workouts right now. <laughs> no, not workouts. Not workouts. Just like I gotta get ready for this. Go ahead. Because I did not grow up as an Adventist. Yeah, I actually grew up Catholic. Really? Yes, and huh. then um, we, my family, we we ended up becoming Christian. And then we like a bunch of my family on my mom's side specifically, because I we were I was living with my mom's side of the family, mm-hmm. uh, me and my dad. Like my parents are together. If that that's not no, clear. yeah, yeah. Uh, but my dad's side, they're Catholic. My mom's side now we're Christian. And my dad's Christian too, and like we all come from different religious Christian backgrounds now. Yeah, so you and, always had that like sense of religion but not necessarily the specifics of what advances culture is or what catholic culture is. right until i've gone to high school because to me to me it was like jesus was just someone that was there to look out after it's like definitely a higher being that would protect us i definitely believed in him because across the board amongst all like both catholic and christian i mean people say catholic christians you know put them in the same category um but amongst all like Christian and Catholic religions, at the end of the day, we all believe in a higher being that would take care of us and that we're a servant to him. Okay, so, but here in this Adventist, um, Adventist religion, yeah, I find it more and more difficult every year to stay as an Adventist. Really? Yeah. And that's because, especially with things that have been going on lately, um, it, it doesn't make sense to me that Adventist people specifically focus so much on the results of trying to save somebody versus you just being a human being mm. and caring about that person. Because I feel like you as a human being, you should be able to care about someone and you caring about someone shows your character. Yeah. But now we get into the question of is the culture affecting the actual religion or is the religion perpetuating that in the culture itself? Well, that's like a woke question. <laughs> <laughs> no, like for real, uh, like are Adventists uh, really 
making it harder for everyone by perpetuating that like yeah we just care about saving souls because that makes the church expand or is adventism at its core actually just fundamentally selfish so okay so this is like is it not human humanistic i think is the word yeah yeah yeah. and so this is this is what i think i've been an adventist since i've been an adventist since i believe 2012 yeah so that's about what eight years ago yeah yeah eight years ago i did my math right yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, bro. No, I've been no. doing math all day. I was going to say, I'm the worst at math. Don't even ask me. <laughs> bro, I'm Asian, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been I've been an Adventist since eight years ago. And the reason why I find it more and more hard is because at first when I became an Adventist, it was really nice because, you know, I found, I, I just thought the, the beliefs that Adventist people have mm-hmm. I feel like they're more convicting than when I was just non-denominational or Catholic. Yeah. I'll, so. And you have that overwhelming community support at the beginning, like yeah. Yeah, and in, in the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning yes, yes. Good, good thing you pointed that out. And then after I became Adventist, it kind of became really hard, just because when how I became Adventist is because one of my friends, uh, Eric. Uh, back in high school I can, I'm still very thankful to Eric today mm-hmm. um, because he really showed me like what Adventism was about he, I feel like him and my friends around that were people that really actually showed me what Adventism was about and so because of how they treated me and my interactions with the church uh, there was a time where I was actually part of ministry um back in high school, a little bit into uh, college because, you know, I was very convicted on beliefs of the Adventist church. Mm -hmm. But my whole gripe and problem with the Adventist church, like I was saying earlier, is that I feel like the mission of the Adventist church is really mainly just to save souls, not necessarily. And saving souls isn't a bad thing. Right. It's just they're so focused on getting numbers versus actually reaching I the was people. just about to say that it's yeah you have a lot of souls saved but there's no maintenance of the soul right there's a lot of people that become Adventist and then immediately you're like what do I do now and right everyone else leaves them mm-hmm. like we gotta save more souls man just come right. on right and I I feel like that's just an unchristian thing to do it's just yeah. like you're getting so warped in the works and you're not professing the faith properly right and I feel like also within Adventist culture is that we have to fit ourselves within a specific rule book. Yeah. I mean, and, shoot, we go to a Adventist school where everyone is on their own spectrum of what Adventism actually looks like. Right. But you'll be called out immediately by anyone for breaking one of the quote-unquote yeah, rules. I get called out all the time. Yeah. All the time out here. It's weird. You can't wear shorts here. Yeah, and it's I like, <laughs> what? It's wild. It's like we're in the middle of like the, the South, man. Like it's hot. Yeah, for real. It's human. Yeah, you're telling me LNG White thought wearing shorts was a sin? Come on now. Dude, okay. This whole LNG White thing too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's cool that, okay, there's somebody we can for sure say. Like, I, I I personally think that she definitely had like these visions and these messages from Jesus. I definitely think that. But I don't want to go as far as say like she was a prophet. Mm. I think she's just like a messenger. Like any one of us. Yeah. Like she was I mean, just, that would, that's what makes her human. That's what makes her reasonable right. because it's like, it could have been any of us. Right. And I feel like Adventist people, a lot of Adventist people, I'm not saying everybody, it's just my yeah. experience with Adventist people. I feel like 
they put her on such a pedestal. I mean, we like our celebrities. Like, yeah. We have Doug Batchelor. We have Ellen White. We have Ted Wilson. Oh, dude, don't Ted even Wilson. get me with all those people, yeah. bro. Because I really feel like in the Adventist church, especially Ellen, Ellen White's, like, number one. Oh, yeah, she, she's the pinnacle. But then, like, everybody, <laughs> like, 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 Ted Wilson, who else? David Ashtray. Yeah, uh, Doug Batchelor. Doug, Batch- Doug Batchelor, especially. Yeah. Like, they just put them as such a high pedestal about like, oh, look at what they're doing versus what is Jesus doing? Mm. Like, that doesn't make sense to yeah, me. Because like- when I go to a Baptist church with my cousins or if I go to like, that, oh, yeah, that was a normal thing for me, too, is that I would go to church on Saturday and on Sunday. So when I go to Adventist church and when I go to church with whichever cousin I was hanging out with at the time, like there was such a huge difference in how we handle our own people yeah adventist people very well in church very friendly very nice very quote-unquote welcoming then when i go to another church i feel actually more accepted more open i can actually trust these people because i don't feel like i'm getting judged because of my exactly there's no one coaxing you to be like all right nick you got to be this type of way you got to take these things off before you come right. in and then you'll be able to be part of a family. Right. And it's like, I, oh. That's just not like, I don't understand. You that. wouldn't do that in any other setting. Right. And I yeah. always ask my, I ask this question literally every week. I'm just like, why am I still an Adventist? And it's literally like, the facts of the convictions that I've had that Adventists believe in just make way more sense than they do in other churches. Yeah. I think fundamentally, if we can speak on this before getting back into the root, um, Adventist beliefs as the church and like their fundamentals, I think are true. Yes. I do believe that the seventh day is the Sabbath, you know, Mm -hmm. the sanctuary and seventh, you know, all the scriptural stuff. I'm not going to get into it right now. All those things are true. Mm -hmm. But then when you start looking at adventism in a vacuum and you start looking at the culture and then people wanting to bring in this this and that it's it's like a void yeah it's a void you get lost in that so heavily yeah. and it's no longer about jesus like you were saying mm-hmm. it's it, about make sure that you're enough to keep up the adventist brand yeah 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 it's 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 just crazy it's like today it's more of like a template yeah than it is you know because you know, you know jesus calls us to be who we are so it's like, why can't I be my myself when I want to go to church on Saturdays? Right. Every time I go, this is why I actually don't go to church anymore. Well, I do go to church, not really. But the reason why I stopped going to church more recently is because every time I go to church, I just feel like I just have literally like glares going down my back. Yeah, it's like, like, bro, if I can walk into Walmart looking any which way I want, why do I have to be judged at church? Right. You're telling me that Walmart is more accepting than the Seventh-day Adventist church? Bro, facts, bro. Okay, I, on, I, I get it. Like, obviously, I'm not going to church looking ratchet or no, whatever. No, yeah. I'm not coming to church in a onesie. Yeah, like, I look presentable. I look I'm, presentable. I'm trying to look, you know, as best as yeah. I can for, like, this is for but Jesus, shoot, you know? Even walking into a church that isn't your own culture, like, I grew up in predominantly Caribbean churches or Jamaican mm-hmm. churches. I went to a Romanian church. Oh, dude, it's so and different. Like, it literally feels like you're getting stabbed by everybody. There are great people. It wasn't oh, an issue, great but people. you just know that you're standing out so heavily. Like, the pastor yeah. stops a sermon Yo, and looks facts. and is like, <clears throat> so anyway, yeah. yeah. Yo, black churches, though, is probably like the most <laughs> fun I've had. Bro, I feel like. 
you'll get the looks, but it's kind of like, all right, whatever. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, snap. Yeah. Why did they come here? Well, let's give them an experience that they're going to See, gonna like, love. going to black churches, like, black Adventist churches specifically, yeah. feels like I'm going to a normal church. I feel actually accepted. Mm-hmm. Versus going to, like, my own church. Oh, dude, there's so much drama with it. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because it's like, when I've gone to churches here in Tennessee, like, the, what is it called again? It's like that open kind of church where they do Hillsong and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> yeah, they, I know what you're yeah. talking about, but yeah. Like, they have the non-traditional churches, and to me, I felt like I was sinning just being in there. I'm like, where are the hymns? Really? Where's the... the I, I didn't grow up, like, with drums and stuff in the church or anything. Mm-hmm. We had hymns, and, and we would and sing everything. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's my black church experience. But when I came here and I see drums and do-doom, 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 and then, like, you know, all this stuff going on, or mm-hmm. just guitar music, and it's like, God isn't mentioned in any of the songs. It's like, am I just praising an entity and not actually Mm -hmm. focusing on God himself? See, that was another thing that like people argue in the Adventist church is just like, it's just like when you look at Christian, say it looks different types of Christian music. So like Christian rock. Yeah. It's literally just rock music with the word Christian in front of it. Okay. I understand what you're saying. I I see the point you're making, but how does that empower you to tell somebody that you can't worship like that when that's how they feel like they connect with Jesus? And exactly. that's like my pro- like one and of the problems I have with that administration. That's something I think we need to remove from ourselves too because even myself, like when you say Christian rap, I it's something in me like I can't get those things out of can't my Can't really head. get behind it. Yeah, I can't get behind mm-hmm. it. Like, yeah, I know people like Kanye and Chance the Rapper are making music that's quote unquote Christian now. Right. Which is great. Yeah, I think it's great. I, could I go up on stage and sing... A Kanye West song to my church that involves Christ when he was talking about being a God himself a couple of years back on Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just sounds blasphemous. I don't know. Right. And I totally understand yeah. that. There's um, always going to be issues in the culture mm-hmm. and trying to I, be I, yourself within that. Environment. Right. And I just feel like us as a people as a whole, not just Adventist people, but everybody as a whole, we just need to be more accepting about people and not be so harsh about criticizing people. Yeah. Like, there will be a time and a place for you to actually be able to talk about people's different, Like, we are right now, where we're able right. to talk about our own differences and how we grew up and, you know, things that we accept and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that Adventist people specifically need to work on the most. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Getting onto just culture in general, <clears throat> um, yeah. how do you feel about, like, how you're going to influence people? Like, for example, are you going to have kids in the future? I mean... God willing, I have a wife. <laughs> okay, and start there. Wife. Let's start there. Yeah, let's 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 first start at hopefully I get a girlfriend, mm-hmm. and then hopefully the He's girlfriend single. will be the wife. <laughs> I am. Yeah, but I'm not looking right now. Just saying, I'm not looking. I'm good. Um, but what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> like how how are you going to use your culture to influence like your future? I guess relationships and stuff like that. My future. Yeah, like taking into account Filipino culture. LA culture, uh-huh. Christian culture, whatever. I mean, I definitely want, like, are we talking about my kid? I mean, just people, but you could talk about your kids oh, specifically. Because I guess you kind of mold your kids a little bit more. Right, right, right. Well, okay. Well, I'll tell it like this when it comes to people. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we're all human beings and we all grew up differently. So I can't necessarily tell you, like, hey, you're doing this wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Obviously, I feel like there is a point where, you know, sometimes we may. The keyword is may need to step in. Like, you know, I've had, I have a cousin that's battling with drug addiction right now, mm-hmm. you know, and like, 
I don't want her to, you know, just end up with the wrong people. But I don't want to tell her also like, hey, like, don't like stop being like, I don't want to be the forceful type to be like, hey, you need like stop that. Yeah. Sometimes you have to come into it on your own. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like that's that shows more care and love than you just trying to force somebody. Hey, like Having the restraint within your own culture or using your own experiences in the culture where you may have experienced bad mm -hmm. things to say, mm -hmm. is this really going to improve their life if I impose myself and my culture over them? Right, exactly. And I, I just feel like for me, especially when people like talk about their problems and whatnot, a lot of times when people go to someone and ask for advice or whatever, it's mainly... They're just asking for somebody to listen rather than you giving your advice. And that's something that I've learned over the years is that a lot of time people just want you to listen. Facts. And then eventually, you know, maybe they, they do ask you and then that's where you would want to come in and relate yourself to the story rather than trying to have them fit into your story. Are you, are you in my major, Nick? Are you a psychology major? Nah, dude. <laughs> people, oh yeah, honestly, people ask me that. I'm, apparently i'm just no it's it's such a funny joke like people all the time are like oh my gosh you're saying these things because you're a psych i'm like no it's just me no, being a decent human yeah being like and like, like understanding what? others you know <laughs> right and so like yeah i think that's a lot bro like honestly it's not that hard to really to just listen yeah it's not it's not hard and you don't even have to give your opinion yeah people at the end of the day even, just want to be heard even if you don't want to be there and just turn off your brain the fact that you're just there for somebody is a more, lot better yeah more mm -hmm. than enough yeah, so when it comes to, like, with other people, um, I, I mainly just, I, like, I'm perfectly, like, if, dude, if you're having a bad day, hit me up. I'll I'll sit down, I'll set time aside, like, and, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah. figure it out together. I don't want to leave you out alone to dry, but I, I got your back. That's all you need to know. And, but, I mean, at the end of the day, it all starts with the other person. Facts. I'm not going to be the one that goes out and, like, like tries to tell like tries to get them to talk you know, yeah I'm like i'm gonna that. take you into account first before i give you my opinions right. and my thoughts yeah exactly yeah. but when it comes to like my children i just want them to obviously i would love for them to accept my culture are they gonna I mean, speak who to they are okay dude uh, <laughs> this is my problem with that is because growing up i was speaking both visayan and tagalog which are a different dialects okay. in the philippines um I was actually speaking that, but when I started school, uh, my like the school would tell my parents like, "Oh, you speak English." Western California, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, imagine my dad just be like, "Chabra." Yeah, it was like, "Cha, dad, what's up, man?" And nah, it's like, bro, it "Who is one. this man?" <laughs> Call my son, dude. This is why I don't speak really good English, just because like, not just joking. I'm not gonna put my parents. <laughs> <laughs> I love I'm my looking parents. at you like, oh my gosh, what's <laughs> no, he about no, to I'm say? Joking, I'm joking. I love my parents. I love when my fob side comes out yeah. because when my fob side comes out, that's how I like, you know, I'm like super comfortable. I'm just like 100% I have no care in the world because I'm literally just me, just vibing. Yeah. When my accent comes out and I'm just... You're just with the homies. I got broken. My English will go so broken. It's wild. That makes me so happy. Like... Every time I get around my Jamaicans and we start speaking Patois, it's always just fun, man. Yeah. Like, just losing the barriers of English and yeah. all that. You're just able to just be yourself. Right. And, like, so, like, I don't speak Tagalog or Visayan anymore, but thankfully yeah. I still understand. But, with like, the little things that I still remember, I, like, try to incorporate that oh, as definitely. much as I can. And that's your own way of preserving it if you can't directly give yeah. it to them. Yeah. And it sucks that I, well, I'm not blaming my parents at all. Like, I wouldn't blame them. 
shoot, if my if I grew up in their situation, I probably would have done the same thing. Where yeah. I would just try my best to speak English to them. I did a study best. actually for one of my classes about stress that you receive depending on when you come to a new culture. It's called mm-hmm. acculturative stress. Yeah. And part of that is shedding parts of yourself in order to blend in and like assimilate with like the new culture that and you're I think part that of. That is so stupid. It's stupid, but like you were it just saying, sense, like though. the position that you're in as a parent, like Mm-hmm. most kids are the ones speaking English at school and at home trying to teach their parents how to fill out job applications and right. process all this information and stuff like that. Right. And it's like, if I'm wasting my, not wasting my time, but if I'm using my time to teach my child also my native tongue, mm-hmm. that's going to affect their ability for both of us. You know, like when the parents uproot and decide to come to a new country, for example, America, you're not only taking that risk on yourself, but you're also taking the risk on your child. Like, will they be a good facilitator between the new environment that I'm in, because it's easier for us to learn it as younger mm-hmm. people. I honestly think, like, what lo- looking at it into like that, I honestly think it's good if we're able, as when we were younger, right? Yeah, if we're able to actually like understand another language, because just like, the, you're essentially just there as a translator. Yeah, your, like your parents understand what's happening; they just need you to translate it in our own native language. Mm-hmm. That's literally it, if you think about it. But it's just harder because. Oh, then again, you're, yeah, you're, you're young, you don't even like, know what's I don't even on. know what's going on. Yeah, and sure. they're asking you, like, well, what does this mean? And you're just like, I don't even know what that word means in our native yeah. tongue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's, like, so many different takes on it. I just feel like definitely, I feel like de- language, yes, is a big part. But I think the f- what's more important is them accepting their actual culture of who you are as a person. Yeah. Let me ask this like final point and then I'll open the floor if you have any questions for me. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, how do you feel about when people are saying you're not Filipino enough or you're not X enough of this culture? Like you're not LA enough if you haven't done these specific things. Oh, I say that all the time. Well, specifically when I <laughs> oh, talk so about- Oh, so you're the bad guy. I'm the bad guy when it comes to LA people because uh-huh. there's more, you know me, I've openly expressed myself enough on no, yeah. in this, this topic where- I, I really just do not like fake people. And I will call you out if you are fake to me. Mm. And especially when you start diving into like what I've shown you and like you're trying to make that like you're literally taking what I've shown you and yeah. what I told you and putting that in yourself, but making that whole thing toxic. Like I, I will gave call you, you out 100%. Like I gave you a glimpse of LA culture and you're taking that and running around like, guys, I'm the most LA thing ever, you know, check yeah. this. Oh, especially that bro, yeah. when they're like, yeah, 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 I'm LA. Not even like Nick put me on to this specifically. Like homie, bro, being LA is you just being you. Yeah, like being <laughs> proud of where you're from. and like, Right, right. Oh, that's something we should have gotten into. Maybe oh, another conversation. Right now, bro. <laughs> bro, this thing is long already, nah, man. bro. Yeah, you got it, bro. It's all good. So, like, um, I, this is, like, a serious topic, I guess. Like, nationalism. Like, Okay, to be yeah. honest, I don't understand what nationalism really is. Okay, means. I got you. I'll break it down. Okay. So, there's different levels to it. There's being proud of where you come from. Mm-hmm. That's nationalism. Like, I am proud to isn't be that, an American. Isn't that patriotism? I'm, I'm getting to it because okay, I, okay, it, okay. yeah okay, like i'm proud to be an american you know like cool i'm from here i i was born and raised usa gotcha. god bless america okay so that's nationalism or I, like I, one form yeah i hope i'm getting like the terms proper mm-hmm. um then there's patriotism mm-hmm. which is like 
I am serving my country. I am staking my whole life on America as the best country in the world. And you, nobody can tell us anything. We're imposing ourselves over others. USA, USA. Okay, okay, like, okay. Everyone else is like trash. We're the best. That, okay, that's, that's how I perceive it. Okay, yeah. okay. Because I'm like, I understand being proud. Like, I'm proud to be a Jamaican. My flag is hanging up right here in my room. Oh, heck yeah. You have your Filipino flag in your room, bro. Like, we're all chilling. It's somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we can't leave it alone, bro. We have to bring it with us. But like, we have our culture. We have our experiences. And we're like, yeah, I'm glad to be from here. Right. But I will not go around putting other people in the ground saying like, well, maybe amongst other Caribbean people, but that's just our joke, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamaica, that, Jamaica like, you know, we're the best. You, you would definitely yeah, you have your, your in-group. You would You're, make your fun of your own people yeah. any day, but you still love them. Exactly. Like, I make fun of, we have, I have Haitian friends, Cuban friends, Dominican friends. I'm like, oh yeah, Jamaica's the best in the Caribbean. They're like, man, get out of here. You're <laughs> Facts, bro. But like, we, it's all jokes. We know that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you tell an American like, hey man, I'm from Panama. And they're like, no! USA! Yeah. 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 And I, on one hand, it's like, I don't hate being in America. Like, I'm glad I got the opportunity to be here. But we got to deal with some stupid things. Yeah. And it's like, people are looking at you crazy for not being able to criticize your home. Like, oh, I found it really weird. I had a, I don't know if you saw my Twitter the other day. About how someone, I went to the mall one day. Oh, and yes, I saw that. Okay, so, um, for those of you that don't follow me on Twitter, um, there, I had a interaction, I guess, with somebody at the mall. And it just happened to be a white person. Yeah. I'm there just minding my own business, standing in line, waiting to buy. I forgot what I was trying to buy at the time. Sneakers, I, I, I didn't know I wore the sneakers. <laughs> for the first time? Yeah. <laughs> I think I was buying clothes, yeah. to be honest. I didn't end up buying it because I got put in a bad mood because oh. of this person. Um, and it was literally this, this random person just turns around, looks at me, and then goes, what kind of Chinese are you? I'm sorry. I'm not trying to laugh. It's not <laughs> no, funny. I laugh, at, I laugh at the situation. Yeah. It's like... It's all good. You're I, laughing because... Not because it's funny, but you can't believe that somebody actually asked you. No, that. I laughed because it was funny, but I also <laughs> I'm just like, yo, hold up. What just got asked of me and then i'm just like do you, do you mean like what kind of asian are you mm-hmm. i asked and I to think, reiterate his yeah. question i was like do, do you mean in like, that scenario like people in a nice way try to assume where you're from and right. that's their way of being like oh hey right, like, right, teach right. me about your culture right and so that's why i asked like do you, do you mean like what kind of asian am i and then quote for quote bro like word for word he says yeah but nah what kind of <laughs> chinese are you i'm like I've never wanted to slap oh somebody with pancit so hard in my life. Pancit is Filipino noodles. It's a yeah. Filipino noodle dish. I I just want to take a fistful of it and just, <laughs> just slap it across his face. I was just so dumbfounded. I I I and after that, I would just put my things down and just left. Because yeah. I was just like, this is really stupid. Mm-hmm. That I can't believe this actually. This is stupid. I tried to help him out. It didn't yeah. work out. He's like, I tried to meet him halfway. Yeah. But- like the whole nationalism patriotism thing it's like why is there why is there that desire to kind of elevate yourself as a nation over another group of people i think that that's like there's pride and there's being proud of like you know i'm glad to be identified as this right but when your identity becomes something that you use to disrespect other people it's like why would you want to be that yeah why would you that that kind of goes back to kind of like adventism yeah where it's just like or just like, if this is the God you worship, I don't want to worship that God. Facts. Kind of that's that's kind of like yeah. 
and like we're able to criticize our own homelands too like you were saying you know the philippines mm-hmm. as poor we're circumstances poor yeah like in jamaica the murder rates is ridiculous like no, you would think for people who love too, taking man. vacations in jamaica <laughs> mm-hmm. would be privy to like how many people died like i remember two years ago i was there for christmas new years and then a news report they said within the first five days of the new years um 25 people had died wow like Five That's people crazy. almost per day on average, which is just like, why is there so much violence? That is crazy. We had a person give like a testimony in the New Year service program talking about how the year prior they had lost an eye because some violence was happening and it just happened to, they're minding their own business. They happened to mm-hmm. get into it. They almost lost like their life, but thankfully it was just an eye. Right. Wow. Like, that is crazy. Dude. It's ridiculous. And to this day, we still don't have a proper reasoning for like, how to curb this violence or how to get these people under control. Right. And I, I feel like part of that is mainly like programs, opportunity. Like, yeah, it, it's it's I I personally believe it's really true when it comes to like, you know how like when it's a little political, but it's like like how people say like, oh, we got to keep people off the streets. and yeah. stuff. I actually genuinely believe in that. Um not just like keeping them off the street, but it's more like giving them things giving, to do. Giving them opportunity to learn new things and try to yeah. have them basically having people try to, try to figure out like what do they want to do, mm. you know? I mean, obviously not everybody will assimilate to that. Not everybody is willing to accept yeah. that and will stay in whatever. You but know. it's our job as a nation to come together and say, we're not proud of this moment here. Right. Let's do everything we can to fix it. All right, exactly. But then we contrast that to America and it's like, Police brutality is happening and it's like, oh man, what a shame. Right. And no one except the minorities are coming to say like, as people who aren't even inherently from here, Mm -hmm. or even if we are like black people that are native Mm -hmm. to America, this is a shame. Like, why are we the ones that have to speak up when the majority is sitting here? Like, I mean, that's just how it is. Dude, honestly. Are you not proud? Are you proud of that? The Breonna Taylor ruling, like, they they declared a state of emergency. Prior to the um, deciding on the case, and I was like, I already know how this is gonna end. Yeah, like, it's I, just a shame. The whole thing, I think, bro, the the wall yeah. that got shot at got justice <laughs> before Breonna Taylor. How is that possible? Like, it, it does. The justice system is just flawed, and again, people are rightfully outraged over that. Mm-hmm. This like, case has been going on for over a hundred days, and there's no justice. Dude, it's just but it's, the guy it's wild. who went to that riot and shot those people, the 17-year-old. Yeah, what, what's his name? Like Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse? Yeah, Kyle something. And he's just chilling, mind his own business. Or the Dylan Roof, I think is his name. The guy who got a whopper what? after he oh, shot. A whopper? Like, like a No, no, no. King like whopper? he shot like people in a church and then he oh, said he was guy. hungry and they got brought him to Burger King and oh, got yeah, him a whopper. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. my God. It's like, Dude, come I, on, man. It's, it's really wild. And yeah, I don't care who you are or what you think. Like that's not okay. Even if they were a black person, if a black person had committed a crime and then had been driven to Taco Bell to go get like a $5 box, people would be losing their minds. Oh, exactly. Yeah. 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 Like literally anybody. Yeah. It's not just because, oh, it's a white person and black people don't like, it's like, no, anybody in that situation who takes somebody else's life, much less a massacre at a church or something like that, should be held to justice. Right. Not treated like a, a hero or anything. There's like no that. way specifically let's let's talk yeah. about the Kyle Rittenhouse thing for a little bit. Like there's no way you can justify the fact that this is what this is what I've researched. I'm not going off of like whatever on Twitter and mm-hmm. Vice News and whatnot. You know, like whatever. Like I'm looking at the facts of what I'm presented with by my own research. 
a kid goes from wherever he's from. I forgot where. Yeah. Crosses state lines. Crosses state lines with a gun. And it goes, yes, a kid, 17 years old. All right. And then he goes to this protest. Okay. Mm -hmm. He did get attacked, kind of, but people felt threatened. But I mean, it's it's a hostile environment. It's a hostile environment. And police are already out there. Right. Exactly. Police are already there, but then you have a kid with a gun. Yeah. And then not, people not feel the, like, people pistol, feel like a whole rifle. Yeah, people feel already hostile because they're like, okay, how am I going to protect myself? There's a kid with a gun. Yeah, if anything happens, what, do you what are do? we going to do? And so it's understandable why. Okay, let's just say yeah, he did get attacked first. I think he agitated at first. Yeah, I think that's what happened, and then which caused the reaction, which then led into the whole the altercation. Whole altercation yeah. That's that's my whole thing on it, and so. You can either way. You cannot justify this kid going across state lines, then shooting. Emboldened to the reason he went was because he wanted to protect the police officers on the property that was going to be destroyed in looting and riots. Let's be honest. Which my whole thing with that, there is a difference between protesting and and rioting and looting. There is a big difference, Donald Trump. I hope you know that. And even more than that, specifically, you. You are a child. You're 17. Yeah. People are getting paid to be out there on the front lines serving their country. Right. Let them handle that. Right. We don't. It is the police is not a volunteer force. This is mm-hmm. not the military draft. This is not, you know, a sign up at your local right. YMCA or boys and girls clubs. Mm-hmm. Like this is a serious event that's going to be documented in history, and right. we need people to be comporting themselves appropriately. Right. Not a 17 year old to just get in mom's Go van. In. And, and then go, go in and, and shoot And people. not only, like, bring a gun, but, like, exactly, kill people. Yeah, like, and this is the, so I have, I and have. go home. Right. Like, and I, I've had training on gun usage. And yeah. literally, like, they emphasize on the fact that if you're ever going to bring out a gun in real life, you better have a reason to shoot that thing. Yeah. If not, then there's no point there's of no point. bringing that out. If you can defend yourself without using the gun. There's no point. There's no point. There's no point in bringing it out. I feel like, man, there's just there's just so many different things. Yeah. Within that, bro. Like, we need episode two, bro, or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, I don't know, man. <sighs> we do need episode two, you're right. <laughs> but I think we've already been going on for almost an hour now. Let's end it off on, like, a more positive note. Are there any things, like, about culture that you want to, like, ask me about? Culture? About like, you. Like, for the culture, bro. Dude. <laughs> bro, for the culture. For the children, bro. The like children. I used to say, for the children. Bro, honestly... Bro, tell me about a Jamaican patty, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so mm. okay, I've I just discovered what a Jamaican patty was. This is beautiful. Okay, I just discovered what it was. <laughs> we talked about this yesterday. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this yesterday. This whole time, when all my all these guys were talking about Jamaican patties, I was literally thinking about a beef patty. I was like, Yo, that sounds kind of fun. it's like a steak yeah, patty bro, kind of thing. I was like, Okay, that sounds kind of fire. Slab, dude. I would eat it with rice. I'd be like, Heck yeah, integrate yeah, our culture. Let's yeah. do it. But then, Lord and behold, okay, I mean, y'all gonna persecute me about this, but I'm just, just gonna, hear me out. Uh, The only reason why I'm gonna say what I'm about to say is because I'm just trying to relate it to something that I know. Exactly. So don't persecute me. That's how you explore culture. Right, right. So don't persecute me. Jamaican, relax yourself, man. Relax. Please, as much as you can. I love you guys. Please, I love you guys. Thank you. All right, go on. So (laughs) when I looked up what a Jamaican patty was, okay, before, the only Jamaican thing I've eaten before were plantains. Plantains, yeah. however you pronounce it. Plantain. 
and jerk chicken. That's jerk the chicken. only and, and, and like some you have kind rice and peas. Yeah, 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 rice and peas and like curry. Oh, some types of curry. You already know. I and gotta so, make curry for you sometime. Oh, dude, facts, bro. bro. I'm all about it. I'm all about the food. I know man. we got a potluck coming up soon. Man. Oh, facts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. That's like that's all I knew about Jamaican culture. Yeah. Like when it came to food, and so uh, yeah, they're talking about this Jamaican patty. I'm like, okay, a beef patty, like a hamburger patty on yeah. some rice. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm. I definitely want to try this. But then I look up at a Jamaican patty was. <laughs> you just see yellow. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yo, <laughs> this is a giant empanada. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I love empanadas. Oh, no, I love empanadas. And bro. I wanted to try. I, like, I instantly, like, wanted to try this, bro. I wow. was like, yo, let me in on this, dude. <laughs> I have to get you a beef patty. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm so bewildered. I'm it, so bewildered right now. All right, so here, here's my, like, 101. If you're going to Jamaica, first of all, <clears throat> tasties is better than juicy beef. Whoa, Thank whoa, you. Whoa, whoa, we have, what, what is that? In Jamaica, we have different companies that oh, guess, dominate, like, the patty industry. Oh, okay, okay. One okay. is called, like, Juicy Beef, and uh-huh. one is called Tasties. And you like Tasties? Tasties is amazing. Slaps? Slaps. I mean, okay. Mother's is pretty good, too, but I go to Mother's for their curry goat patty. Which fire, bro. Yeah. But in case you don't know, a beef patty is not just, you know, a hamburger patty. It's like, kind of like empanada. You take um ground beef, um really like minced up and stuff like that. And then you bake it in like a crust. Yeah. Till it's like really golden brown and flaky. Yeah. With a little like, bit of butter on it. Mm. And then you just bite into it. It's crispy on the outside, but oh. it's just so chewy and beautiful. It, it just in my head, it's so I'm like drowning in saliva. Yeah, and no, I just it, ate, it's bro. amazing. And then we have this thing called cocoa bread, which is like oh, he was telling me about this yesterday. It's too. like a oh. white bread, but it's sweet and it's just a distinct taste. You have a beef patty with cheese and cocoa bread, or a chicken patty, or curry goat vegetable, whatever you want to put in it, and you eat that with cocoa bread and cheese. My goodness, your life is turned around. Oh my god. It's beautiful. So please, Golden Crest is okay for people living in the United States, but you need to go to Jamaica and experience Mother's Curry Goat Patty, amazing, or Tasty's Beef Patty. And if you don't have either of those, I guess go to Juicy. I don't even know what the original question was. (laughs) I just remember talking about this. No, you were just saying like, um, what do you want to know? Like, we're opening the floor. Oh for like yeah, other yeah, questions. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll stop, yo, yeah, dude. I really want Bradley to put me on a, this this Jamaican. Beef Next patty. time, um, Nick is on the podcast, we'll do a beef patty review. Oh, <laughs> ASMR. Facts, facts. Might rip up the camera for that one. Mm. Oh, okay. My, another, <laughs> another question. Yeah. Um. So this is like a growing industry here in in America with you know video games and everything. Okay. And you know, like you know, us being young, we have like streaming. We're like we know we're very knowledgeable about yeah. the subject. Um, so what's it like with Jamaican culture and that? And like gaming and technology? That's... Because like, I, I, like from my, yeah. like I was telling you yesterday, like I was talking to my mom and my mom was just, so my, my brother graduated high school and like all mm-hmm. he's been doing is just gaming and whatnot. Like I used to do that too all the time, but like yeah. literally all he does is just video gaming and Asian culture. That's just really, Filipino culture specifically, that's just like really weird yeah. and like negative because we're supposed to go to school and... Yeah, be doctors and all. Be doctors, nurses, chefs. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or nowadays, a comedian because we got Joe Coy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. um, But like, my mom was just really worried about it, and then, um, but she's like accepting about what my brother is doing, and then. Yeah. I just felt really bad for my mom because I understand where she's coming from, but I I felt grateful that I knew, I knew like what was going on, and 
uh, it was kind of nice to just talk to my mom about like the different opportunities now that's within the industry and the fact mm -hmm. that it's still growing. Yeah. So my mom like feels more reassured, but still wants my brother to go to school. So like, how is it with like a with a Jamaican household? It's if I'm gonna be honest, like for Jamaicans as a whole, I'm kind of ignorant mm -hmm. because I haven't been to Jamaica in like a couple of years and I haven't spent enough time. Or, or, or like, yeah. how, how, how like, would it be like for in example, your household? Yeah. First of all, growing up, my mom hated like video games Facts. and stuff like that. Like, Facts. I I loved Pokemon. I still love Pokemon right now as an adult. Yes, sir. And every time I come home with like a new game or like a Pokemon plush, my mom gets so angry. She's like, Bradley the Degon Pokemon Simpson again. I keep bringing this <laughs> demonic Simpson in the house, but it just goes off in Patsua. Right, right, right. It's a 20 minute lecture about video games. But I like for me, it's been a hobby, not necessarily something. That's like overshadowed me. So I was always making sure to prioritize school and getting right. that stuff done and still doing well. Mm -hmm. And then play my video games. Like even now I have a personal rule, like don't play video games during the week mm -hmm. unless you really have nothing left on your plate. Save it for the weekends when you're able to True. enjoy yourself. That is but great willpower. It's hard, bro, because like I used to just spend all my time playing games, like especially Pokemon. Like it's just easy to just not doing anything. Play Thanks. over and over and over. Like right now I have games like Fire Emblem, which I can play for 80 hours just for one route. And it's like, come on, man. Facts. I got stuff I got to do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like Jamaicans, I guess, don't really look, they look kind of look down upon it in terms of like, no one's really making a career out of gaming. But we have so many Jamaicans in successful areas right now, mm -hmm. which gives us even more of that like country pride of like Usain Bolt in the Olympics. We have um, that one lady, Tessan Chin, she's doing um, singing. We have just people all over doing so many different things. We have so many comedians and people upcoming on social media. Mm -hmm. So I think because of the way the world is now, there's more opportunity to just do what you want to do. Right. As long as you're not letting that really change you or remove you from your identity as a Jamaican. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, Jamaicans put their best foot forward in everything that we do. Right. So if you're really a gamer, you're not going to necessarily be like lazy and half- Hearted doing it. Like, they're going to want to see you put your all into it because that's just how we are. We want to see you be bold. We want to see you wrap your flag. We want to see you be loud, boisterous, and just have a good time. Facts. Like, you're never going to hear a Jamaican who's just, Wagwan, welcome to my Let's Play. Today we are going to play uh, Mario Kart 8 with uh, Nicholas Gonzaga. Yeah, man. Hits him with the mushroom. Like, no. Like, we're going to be like, Yes! Yes! Why? Why? Drive, man, drive! You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Like, I like it's, that. It's going to be all that passion, all that love. That's fire, bro. I love that. Yeah, dude. I love that. Do I feel like our cultures are pretty It's so similar. similar. I say We're this, so similar. I, I have a theory that all people from an island-like country were all, like, one people at the beginning. Dude, okay, so... I agree with that. Yeah. And I, I for sure say that to my Indonesian brothers and sisters <laughs> because we are literally the same, the same yeah. culture. Our languages are very similar. We look the same. Mm -hmm. Man, if Asians look the same, definitely Indos <laughs> and Filipinos. What kind of Chinese are you, bro? Facts. <laughs> that guy will never know. He will never know unless he listens to the Be More Vocal podcast. I'm in, I'm in. On all platforms right now. Facts. Tell your friends. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Let me stop shilling. Um before I wrap it up, is there any last thoughts you wanna have? Um, I mean like I like to say to other people, if you're really struggling with self-identity. I mean, I know we didn't really talk much no, about it. No, but get into it, yeah. Um, if you're really struggling with self-identity, I wanna let you know 
that you are a beautiful person and you know who cares what other people say about you because at the end of the day you only live to please yourself so please mm. do what you want to do yeah like embody yourself like even if you don't have a culture that you want to blend in with as a group make your own culture be the Thanks. pioneer Thanks. set out and set out field as long as you're being a good person mm -hmm. and welcoming to other people like just be a good human being and be nice to others right that's really it i'm in but <laughs> amen no stop <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Need to be reminded of that, you know. Hey, dude, thanks for being on the podcast. No though. worries. I dog. really appreciate it. Got you, bro. Any day, bro. Any day. Any day. Listen to this, man. So we got you guys with the beef patty review. And uh, two to three weeks, be on the lookout for that. Um, without further ado, thank you for listening to the Be More Vocal podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Okay,